0: Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue through the book of Isaiah with chapter 49. In chapter 49 is the second of four servant songs, and it declares the future hope found in our Messiah, in Yeshua, in Jesus. And verses 1 through 13 speak of Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. Jesus is with us. Our Messiah is here with us in every single moment of our lives when we choose him as our Lord and Savior. And Messiah is God's servant. Jesus came as God's servant to die on the cross so we could have eternal life with God forever. And he also fulfilled the Old Testament. He fulfilled the scriptures. And he also fulfilled the name Israel, which means governed by God. He comes from Israel, and he comes for Israel. He comes for his people. He comes for all of us, Jews and Gentiles alike. He comes for us, he dies for us, and he offers us a gift of salvation that only he can offer. And with that, we'll go ahead and start with verse 1. Listen to me, all you distant lands. Pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth from within the womb. He called me by name and he did. He was sent here by God. And in Jeremiah 1 5 and Micah 5 2, it speaks of this. And he says, look, I was called by name in John. The Baptist was called by name and given a name before he was even conceived. He said, look, you have to name this child, John and And his dad didn't believe him and was silenced. He couldn't speak until his birth when he wrote on the board and said, his name shall be John. So God is serious about his plan and God's plan comes forth because God is God in verse two. He continues. He made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver and that also speaks of our, our weapons, our spiritual battle, making sure we're in the word, that we're speaking Jesus into our situations. Ephesians 6.17 and Hebrews 4.12 both speak of this as well as Revelations one sixteen, just to name a few. There's a lot of scriptures that refer to the word of God as our sword. That is our weapon. The word of God has power and we need to speak the power of God into the situations in our lives. And we speak Jesus. We speak freedom found in Jesus over the, our lives and the situations in our lives. And verse 3 continues. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, and you will bring me glory. And there he's talking about the fact that he he does come out of Israel. Israel brings forth Jesus, our Messiah. And it does bring God great great glory. In verse four, I replied, but my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hands. I will trust God for my reward. He trusts that God has a plan. It had to have been frustrating. He came to the earth in flesh to bring freedom from sin, to bring healing. And it had to be discouraging. To be rejected to be turned away from to be left at the garden of Geth- Geshemi when when the people were coming to arrest him, and on the heels of God's frustration with Israel, he raises up a servant called Israel who will be distinct from Israel to reconcile and restore blessing and bring hope. And that is done through Jesus, our Lord Jesus. But in this discouragement of constant rejection and knowing that he has to die for these people who keep rejecting him, who keep denying him, who keep not understanding him, who keep not listening to him, that had to have been discouraging even as Jesus, but he doesn't give into it. He says, yet, I will leave it all in the Lord's hands. I will trust God for my reward. When we get discouraged, it's so important to not give into it, to trust God and trust that he has us because we have our faith set in him and he wants to bless us. He wants to get us through the valleys, the mountains that we face through life We just have to trust him. And again, Israel means governed by God. The Messiah comes from Israel and fulfills this, and he he is governed by God. Our lives are to be governed by God. No matter what we face, we can trust God. And his task was to reconcile Israel to God, to reconcile us to God, to reconcile the Gentiles to God. Because God created every single soul, and he loves every single soul beyond measure and he wants us all saved with him in verse five and now the lord speaks the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant who commissioned me to bring israel back to him the lord has honored me and my god has given me strength and that can also be you can look at romans eleven twenty-six also for that he says you will do more than restore the people of israel to me I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. So there we have the all inclusive declaration that God wants all of us to be delivered and to be blessed and and for the nations of the earth to be blessed through God, through honoring God in our lives and trusting God in our lives. And Luke 2, 30 through 32 also speaks of this. In verse seven, it continues, the Lord The Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, says to the one who is despised and rejected by the nations, to the one who is the servant of rulers, kings will stand at attention when you pass by, princes will also bow low because of the Lord, the faithful one, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. So someone important is coming and it's Jesus and Jesus is God's salvation and kings will bow down. The whole world will bow down to Jesus one day, whether they choose Jesus or not. They're going to face the consequences of sin. And if you choose Jesus, you will be seen as righteous. There is no sin to be faced because Jesus took it all on the cross. In verse eight, we we start here with the restoration of the land and the establishment of God's peaceful kingdom, the coming Messiah, the second coming when Jesus is coming again. He says in verse eight, this is what the Lord says at just the right time. I will respond to you on the day of salvation. I will help you. I will protect you and give you to the people as my covenant with them through you. I will reestablish the land of Israel and assign it to its own people again. So Jesus is the covenant. And he is our salvation. He establishes us with God. He joins us with God. He joins, he's the bridge between us and God. And he came so that we could be saved and choose him and be reestablished. And Jesus did come and he's coming again and judgment is coming. But if you choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are in a covenant with God and he is yours and you are his. In verse 9, I will say to the prisoners come out in freedom into those in darkness come into the light. They will pass they will be my sheep grazing in green pastures and on hills that were previously bare. They will neither hunger for, nor thirst. The searing sun will not reach them anymore for the Lord in his mercy will lead them and he will lead them beside cool waters. We don't deserve freedom. We don't deserve Jesus, but God's mercy God's plan, God's desire for us to be saved resulted in Jesus. And because of his grace and mercy, we can receive Jesus simply by believing that he is our Lord and Savior, and that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he rose again on that third day, defeating sin and death for all eternity. And the mercy of God's plan is seen through Jesus. And he desires all people to turn from sin, to repent, to have a changed heart, and to desire nothing but Jesus in their lives. And he will lead us Beside those cool waters and the rest that we need and that we want. He will also lead the Israelites out of exile. So this is a twofold prophecy. Once again, so beautifully written by Isaiah. In verse 11, And I will make my mountains into level paths for them. The highways will be raised above the valleys. See, my people will return from far away, from lands to the north and west and as far as south as Egypt. So there's no, it's it's his mountains. He says, I will make a clear path between my mountains. These are God's mountains and he allows mountains and valleys in our lives for a purpose to strengthen us, to increase our faith, to make us strong, to refine us and to increase our relationship with him. He desires relationship with us so desperately and he wants us to commune and be one with him and he, but the thing with the mountains and the valleys, if you choose Jesus, Jesus is with you through those mountains and valleys, making them so much easier and so much lighter. If you don't choose Jesus, those mountains and valleys are a whole lot harder to get through. And he's like, I'm going to clear the paths. When we have Jesus and God on our side, there is no obstacle. There is no discouragement. There is no hardship. There is no despair that can keep us from God. He makes a way. He gives us hope. He gives us strength. He gives us encouragement. He gives the right people to us in our paths so that we can get the the knowledge, the wisdom, the strength, the heart, the desire, and the encouragement to keep moving forward through the valleys and mountains. He does it all for us because he desperately desires us in his life in verse 13. Sing for joy, O heavens. Rejoice O 'er earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on them in their suffering. God will have compassion. He will comfort us. He'll bring unexplainable joy and peace when you should not have joy or peace in a situation. He does that. He's doing that in my life right now while we go through? the valleys and I just don't even understand it, but it's God. And I know that and I trust him and I honor him and I give him all the glory for every single detail in verse 14. Yet Jerusalem says the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you see I have written your name on the palms of my hands, always in my mind as a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruin. Soon your descendants will come back, and all who are trying to destroy you will go away. Look around you and see, for all your children will come back to you. As surely as I live, says the Lord, they will will be like jewels or bridal ornaments for you to display. So a couple of things here. God cannot, will not, and does not ever forget us. He loves us, and it's so intimate. He has our names written on the palms of his hands. He holds us tight. He does not forget us. He is there for us. He loves us. He encourages us, and he says, as surely as I live, God is eternal. God will never die. So that means never He promises us he will never leave us or forget us ever. He is always with us. We just call out to him. He is there. Verse 19, even the most desolate parts of your abandoned land will soon be crowded with your people. Your enemies will enslave you. Your enemies who enslave you will be far away. The generations born in exile will return and say, we need more room. It's crowded in here. Then you will think to yourself, who has given me all these descendants? For most of my children were killed and the rest were carried away into exile. I was left here all alone. Where did all these people come from? Who bore these children? Who raised them for me? This is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I will give a signal to the godless nations. They will carry your little sons back to you in their arms. They will bring your daughters on their shoulders. Kings and queens will serve you, and care for all your needs. They will bow to the earth before you and lick the dust from your feet. Saying, "I will save you." He's going to get the, the Jerusalem or the Israelites out of exile, and he's going to also return and save us from this evil world. It is temporary. The devil's been defeated already. His head was crushed on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he crushed Satan with Satan's best shot. He said, nope, done. It is finished. Uh, Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who trust in me will never be put to shame. Who can snatch the plunder of war from the hands of a warrior? Who can demand that a tyrant let his captives go? But the Lord says the captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight those who fight you and I will save your children. I will feed your enemies with their own flesh. They will be drunk with rivers of their own blood. All the world will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. He says, look, Jesus is returning and evil and wickedness will have to be accounted for and those who do not choose Jesus will have to pay for their sins themselves and God does not want that he desires every single person to turn to him he cries out he sends warnings repeatedly he nowadays especially we have an option to get the message out everywhere we go to distant nations people can hear God's word, listen, and respond. And he cries out desperately for every single soul to do that because he doesn't want to lose a single soul of his children because we are his. He created us. He desires us. He loves us. And he desperately calls out for us. And if we have called out to Jesus already and he is ours, he protects us. He encourages us. He strengthens us through the mountains and valleys. And when things just look impossible, Oh, watch God move because God is the God of impossible. God is the God who loves taking impossible and saying, watch this. Let my glory shine. And he does. And it's wonderful. And I love God so much. And it's so exciting. So that concludes chapter 49. I hope you all are having a wonderful day.